you know, honestly, I had a young lady one Sunday, she sang a solo on Sunday and overdosed and died on Wednesday. And I had no idea she was even struggling with addiction. Wow. So those are the things as a pastor, you're like, wait a minute, I'm missing the mark. Yeah. And so that yeah. was when I knew because it, I, I was just a drive-in pastor. Yeah. I knew I needed to yeah. come, emerge myself in the community, you know, really be like Jesus and dwell among the people. And Hey Dropouts, it's Chelsea. And it's Brandon, and we're here with our friend and pastor, Pastor Boone. Yay! So um, just a little like introduction for Pastor Boone. She is my boss, so I'm gonna exit. No, no just kidding. She, <laughs> she is my boss, but she is an incredible human. She was USA kind, human kind person of the year. She's been Michigander of the year. Um, if you walk in her office, you'll see accolades and awards all over the walls. Um, she has been acknowledged from all sorts of places, from all sorts of people for her social justice seeking efforts, um, for her work in the homeless community. Uh, and she's also just a phenomenal person. So we're really excited Yay. to have her on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. Love you, Brandon. We love you. <laughs> we love you. She's only saying that for the episode. Uh, <laughs> she'll probably say worse to me. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But um, I know, I know we never like to just like skip over just the casualties of, of getting to know people and saying hi and being mm -hmm. casual with our guests. But um, Pastor Boone's time is so short uh, because of her schedule and what's kind of going on right outside of the walls of where we're at. Um, so I do kind of wonder if we can just dive in with getting to <laughs> you know always you a dive bit. in. <laughs> I do. We have to because of time, you know, that's true, which all of our other guests had way more time than they said. That's been so weird. Like we, yeah. may, we maybe scheduled like 30 minutes and we were there for an hour. Like it was crazy. But anyways. Yeah. I will act busy then. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's a timer. <laughs> so, Pastor Brun, I kind of wonder if you you have spent um, is it ten years at at Oaks doing what you've done? I started Oaks eleven years ago. Eleven years yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. If you didn't do this, what would you like want to do? That's so good. Or like, if you weren't a uh, pastor, if you weren't, or if you didn't know about homelessness, let's say. Oh, like, that's like a better just, question. That wasn't anything you even knew about. What would you do? So in my next life, I want to just be a housewife and learn how to cook and learn how to cook. Make sure you talk about whatever. You're whispering. I'm going to learn how to cook and I'm going to be a housewife in my next life. Good. That's, that's me, too. Me I'm too. Gonna go. I'm going to walk my dogs. I'm going to go to dog parks. <laughs> Dude, what a life. And we can just avoid everything. Yeah. People be on the corner. We'd be like, me with my dog. Actually, we could live I'm in a neighborhood where people wouldn't be on the corner. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And I'm going to make videos wow. with my dogs about my dogs. And then you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to take my refrigerator and I'm going to organize oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Dude, with like, all the containers. Me too. And I'm going to read books all the time. Mm. I do read. Yeah. <laughs> I somehow read a lot, but it's audio because we're always driving to move. But yeah. So man. that's what I would be doing if I was not doing this. And if you didn't know about homelessness, <laughs> but unfortunately, you do know about homelessness. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I always say this. There are some things you can't unsee. Literally. And so once you see it, once your eyes have been open, once you know, you can't go back to just yeah. business as usual. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But you are in a, you're like an OG of being a religious dropout before we even like we're aware of religious <laughs> See, you don't understand because you know I got a little bit of time on you guys. It's true. Yeah, you look so young, so it's I hard do. to remember. So yeah. That's what I'm saying. So you know, OG for me is you know 
I would like to see Britain's dance moves too. Caster's yeah. husband is really, he's really something. He's, he's a force to be reckoned with. But yes. you, what I was saying about being an OG besides the dance moves was you were a dropout really when we were like a baby in ministry. Like we were like babies stepping into ministry and you were dropping out of, out of a career in ministry. You have what, two master's degrees. Um, you were, you spent years uh, ministering before yeah. you dropped out of that. What did that look like? Absolutely. So I was a Methodist pastor. And I had been a Methodist youth pastor before that. And I had just been working in nonprofits and in ministry. So for like 10 years prior to starting Oaks. And um, so what the what, what the Methodist church does is they send you. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm sure Nazareth. Yeah, Nazareth they do open, open pastors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they send you where they want you to go. Mm-hmm. And they sent me to Monroe. Mm. What a and blessing. Yes, it was a blessing. But I always say this because... Um, the year before they sent me down here, I was finishing up my second master's and I had took a, a internship here in Monroe. Mm-hmm. I was here for three days and I'm like, mm-hmm. Ryan called me this town, not this town. And I quit, right? I'd be like that. And went back to Detroit because I'm like, oh Lord, no, I'm not driving down here, you know, mm-hmm. Lord, for $10 an hour, $12 an hour for this internship. Mm-hmm. I can find another place mm-hmm. where I can do meaningful um, work yeah. for this master's. And so I quit. A year later, the Methodist Church sent me to Monroe. So it was like Jonah with the whale. You know, the Lord was sending yep. me out here. Yep. And then I pastored here three years, and then they wanted to move me. But I knew God had called me to this community. So I walked away from the denomination. And you guys know, when you walk away from the denomination that you've been in your whole life, that all your friends have been in and been ordained, it's like you um, it's got that scarlet letter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you're excommunicated. Like, you know, you don't, nobody right. talks Like you're to a you. dropout. Oh, or something. yeah. Like you're a dropout. Like, like you are just no longer part yeah. of the kooky. Literally. Right. And mm-hmm. so you feel so very disconnected. Like I said, your friends are like, they're your friends, but hey, you're not part of us anymore. And, right. Yeah. And so it, it, it's, it's definitely different, but God had given me a vision yeah. and I knew what he called me to do. And so what they were asking me to do just didn't line up with what God mm-hmm. was calling me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm like, listen, I can either have the approval of man or approval of God. And I want the approval of God. Yeah. And so, um, me stepping out, best thing that ever happened to me. And I've seen the hand of God and this ministry has grown and blossomed. And, you know, so I'm glad to be a dropout. But when you came to, but the crazy thing about you dropping out of the Methodist church is you dropped in to plant here, another church. Right. And so your plant though looked so different because your intention was a, was a church um, but it changed dramatically almost immediately upon like actually spending time here. So what did that look like? Like what is Oaks? Like what happened? Like, I guess. Well, so the one thing about this community, and this is even why I decided to stay after my three years is because Monroe was the heroin capital of Michigan at yeah. that point. Just a lot of drugs, a lot of poverty. These rural towns mm-hmm. are really, really rough. Because they don't have connections and they don't get like the urban dollars, but they have all the urban problems. Well, and we're right in between Toledo Toledo and Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. So we've got all the issues. Yeah. But none of the support and people don't want to admit we have these problems. And so it's crazy. And so um, being here, I'm just seeing this stuff. And, you know, honestly, I had a young lady one Sunday. She sang a solo on Sunday and overdosed and died on Wednesday. And I had no idea she was even struggling with addiction. 
Wow. So those are the things as a pastor, you're like, wait a minute, I'm missing the mark. Yeah. And so that yeah. was when I knew because I, I was just a drive-in pastor. Yeah. I knew I needed to yeah. come, emerge myself in the community, you know, really be like Jesus and dwell among the people. And so that was kind of the first step. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I, we bought a condo down here on Monroe and we were just here. Mm -hmm. He took a huge pay cut at the time. He was, uh, he had been a commercial garbage man for like, I don't know, I'm close to 20 years at that time. And he picked up commercial dumpsters and the only position they had here was like, um, like a residential. It was, it was like a, a job that he had had when he first started. Yeah, and he got there, and he got there early because he thought it started at one time. And they're like, "We'll just go pick up trash by hand." Mm. Uh, and now he had been a supervisor, right? Right. Wow. Before, so yeah, it was definitely he. He he definitely it was humble pie, you know. Yeah. So um, we moved down here to a condo, and um, we ended up finding the building, which is now our shelter, and started mm -hmm. a church there. And when we started our church there. We were we had um, we had been meeting just in various places, schools, buildings, wherever we could use anybody's mm -hmm. buildings we could use. And when we bought our first building, we found out that there had been a warming shelter. It was a former Salvation Army, and they had did a warming shelter every year. Mm -hmm. And so they said, "Well, Pastor Boone, you're going to close the warming shelter down when you buy this church." And I'm like, "Why am I closing it down?" Right. Yeah. yeah. And so um, we went by one night, and there was a man literally sleeping on the ground behind the church. Mm -hmm. And so if you've ever seen like one of our brochures and stuff like that's the picture. Yeah. I, I snapped a picture of it because it was just unbelievable. Yeah. Just to see this human just laying on the ground in the parking lot at the back of the church door. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just unbelievable. And my husband, because he had been a garbage man for so long, we had always done a little homeless ministry at yeah. our house where we would put together bags so that while he was out and he would mm -hmm. see people, there would be people living behind his dumpsters, outside his dumpsters, where it would have like first aid kit, food, wow. you know, wow. toiletry yeah. stuff, things like that, that he could give little money, little snacks and mm -hmm. stuff. So we, we had always did that. And when we came down here, the crazy thing is they had told us there's no homeless people in the world. So for the, you well, know, there first, isn't. If you don't see it, years, there isn't. Right. If you turn your blind eye, three, four right. years, we didn't even know there were homeless people. You know, in Monroe, and so we were buying. And you were clothes. a pastor. And I was a pastor. That that's what I really want to like, because the people that are watching this this podcast, like people that might be watching from your audience, this is they're like, oh, praise God. But people from our audience, like these are people. Most of our people that are a part of the religious dropouts community are have been burned by the church, have been seriously burned by ministers, um, have been very traumatized by almost the idea of God in in some situations. Not all of you, but. A lot of us share, or in it, and evaluating. Yeah. What What is their church doing? Why Why are they doing nothing? Yeah. They're, they're starting to have their eyes open. To yeah. Like and we've brought up this one person, I think, like ten times, and I love her so much. But we have this one girl who she left her church. She's a white, white middle aged woman, or no, white young young adult woman, and she left her one of the biggest churches on our old denomination because she asked to do a be the bridge study for anti racism. And they said no. And so I know it's not about homelessness, but the point is like, that's our audience. Like these right. people who like want to bridge these gaps of like social justice and Jesus mm -hmm. and, and the church is like, that's just not, that's not our job. Well, and I can tell you with the denomination I was in, like 
there was no outreach. It was yeah. not about outreach. It was not, it was about, you know, you had assessments and church fees and things yeah. you had to do. Literally. Going to conferences all the time yep. and all that. It was not about the community. Yeah. It was not. And so this is not exclusive to the white church. It's the black church too. I mean, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's we go to church, but we aren't the church. We aren't yeah. being uh -huh. the church. We aren't being the hands and the feet. We aren't doing the work. How would you turn that, like when you, when you knew you were going to take on the warming shelter, you saw the homeless man, you knew you guys had to keep that work. What did you think the church was going to look like? Because I don't even remember knowing you were even a church. Like when I came down here from the beginning, I just didn't even know you were a church. Right. Literally. Like, I yeah, don't, just like a community organization. Yeah. So, so when we, what our church looked like is, you know, we, we just had this small handful of people who had started this church plant with me. And when I told them we're going to bring in the homeless people, they're looking at me mortified. They're like, we don't want those dirty people in our church. And I'm like, no, this is what the Lord has called us to do. And so they were not happy. Yeah. And they were not happy that we had these people sleeping in the church. And then they were not happy they had to share the pews with these people. I tell you, this one guy had came. He was a homeless guy. And I remember, you know, at this point, we when we started the warming shelter, it was just mattresses on the floor because that's what Salvation Army had, had did. Mm -hmm. They just had these mattresses. They laid on the floor in between the tables and stuff. Yep. And the people just came in at night, slept on the floor, and then left. Yep. There was, like, no food. There was, you know what I mean? None of that stuff. There was yeah. no shower, nothing. So there was a guy there, and I can remember... And, and that my husband and I end up, for whatever reason, needing to wash his feet. Needing, you know what I mean? I don't think frozen so whatever. We get to, yeah. Some yeah. reason we got yeah. this man's yeah. feet in a bucket. Which isn't the last time that you guys have done that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not the first time. Right. Not first or last. Or yeah. <laughs> we got this man's foot in a bucket. And he had this accent and he, he really didn't speak great English. And I'm trying to figure out his name. And he tells me his last name. He's like Ragu, Ragu, or something like that. And I'm like, okay, but what's your first name? And he said, Emmanuel. And I was like, my heart yeah. just stopped. Mm. Because, you know, it just took me back to the song, What if God was one of us? Yes. Just yes. Stop, like one of us, Literally, you know, yeah. right there in and, 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 and so, how many times do we miss the face? Do we miss God? Mm. Because we're over. Stepping that person, we're overlooking that person because they're homeless, because they're mm -hmm. dirty, you know. And it's just like, gee, yeah. what did Jesus say? Um, you know that we're going to say, Lord, when I see, when did I see you hungry? When did I, see, you know, what you do to the least of these, you're doing to me. Yeah. And so that was like a defining moment mm -hmm. for us. And it was like, okay, this is bigger than us. So we ended up um, doing a warming shelter. And the warming shelter, it just kept growing, growing, growing. They're like, oh, it's just a few people. The first year was 91 people. Mm -hmm. And then we were just supposed to house them from uh, November 1st through the end of April and just put them back on the street. And it's like, mm -hmm. how do you put people back out on the street when it's still cold yeah. outside? How do you yeah. put women yeah. and children back out on the street? So we really wrestled with that. And that was when we started our OHOP, which was the coffee mm -hmm. sandwich shop, which is how we met Chelsea, because yeah. she just heard that there was a ministry. Yeah. There was <laughs> people making sandwiches, and she wanted to come make sandwiches <laughs> and be part of it. Because the church wasn't doing it. But that's just so funny, because it's like the church wasn't doing anything. Yeah. We weren't. And I was like, I need to find a way. I, we have to be in the community. like, cause, And I was a brand new Christian. I had only believed in God at that point for like, I don't know, two a minutes. year or two, yeah, <laughs> five minutes. But I knew like, and that's what's so beautiful when I think back to when I met you, I think about my faith and I literally knew almost nothing about the Bible except the, the character of Jesus. And I was off to seek to mm -hmm. find like where, where could, 
You know what I mean? And it was it was you. Well, <laughs> and, and you got to think about this because that was me when I first um, stepped into ministry. I was in my early twenties. Yeah, I was yeah. a single mother of two kids, and my son, my mom, I didn't even go to church at that point. My mom would go to church. Yeah, and she took my son to an Easter program. And he's like, Mom, can't you just come see me in the program? And I'm like, I don't want to. Because you know? yeah. I had been hurt by the church oh, yeah. earlier oh, okay. in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I didn't even want to go back to the church because I had got hurt by the church a few mm-hmm. years before that time. So when... Um, How old was he? When, it's four. Huh? Four. Maybe four or five. You know what I mean? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Four or five. So I went and he was part of this little Easter production. And I just knew the Lord yeah. was speaking to me. Yeah. And you know, that was it. Once you, 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 you hear the voice of God, mm-hmm. once you know that God is real mm-hmm. and you're on fire, yeah. it's so hard when you're in a church that tells you how it should look. Right. And that, you know, because you're on fire, you're ready. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like the disciples. You're ready to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. You're ready to do something. Yeah. And the church is like, simmer down. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you got to take this, got to yeah. take this class, yeah. you got to do this. And it's like, yeah. they almost do everything they can to yep. extinguish yeah. your fire. That almost. reminds me of what we talked, we just talked with Gary, which, you know, we just had a conversation with one of our guys who, he does everything. I feel like he's at the shelter. He's at the grocery store. He does all sorts of things for Oaks, but he, you know, I won't tell his whole story, but he, you know, was a guy who battled addiction and lost his family. And I mean, he came here from community service yeah. and found the Lord and a, yeah. a job and a calling and everything else. Yeah. But that, and he's amazing. I mean, yeah. Incredible man. But that's what he said. He's like, I kind of feel this. We're like a call, you know, like he yeah. knew, but he was, he right away was, was talking about classes and, and we mean how they were both like, yeah, there's an education piece to it, but go chase what God's telling you to do. You know, like, don't let sit that. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. Sit at the feet of Jesus so that you don't, because I did that. I mean, I wouldn't, girl, I, I, I wouldn't have two masters. I can tell you that right now. If the denomination didn't have guidelines on yeah. what you need yeah. to do yep. to be a minister and to follow the Lord. And I, and I have no regrets, mm-hmm. but I know that, I, I, I mean, because... It, you you need permission to share the gospel. That's right, and it's it's it's, it's rough. Yeah. It, it's, it's very yeah. rough. So, but yeah, it's weird having two bosses in that way. Like it, it's very yeah. very weird. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah, Jesus uh, empowers you to go forward. I wouldn't, and then like, and then the church giving you all the like yeah, breaks and all oh, 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 don't you be telling people yeah. about Jesus? It's yeah. like when mom. Wait a minute, did you take a class for that first? Yeah. It's like when mom and dad, the whole thing about like kids asking mom to right. do something and they're like, <laughs> yes, you can. And Daddy then dad's like, yes. no, or, or vice versa. Yeah. It's probably more so the other way. But. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's, that's how it was. So, but yeah. you're, you're dropping out again. And I yeah. kind of want to fast forward. I know I they do. don't know I, a I lot about folks, yeah. but yeah, I knew, I was like, Brandon, I know we've been talking about, but go ahead. Reason. Well, I kind of, well, in summary, it, after the warming shelter, you had so the after cafe. The shelter, we had the cafe. And then you did 18 other things. What's the rapid <laughs> right. fire and what else well, you've done? So my husband and I, we, we sold the condo and we moved into the homeless shelter with the people. So you talk about really dwelling among the people. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't have a shower, like I said, at that point. And I would go to the YMCA for 10 to work out so I could take a shower. And then like this, like guilt fell over me like oh you can they can't do that yeah but they can't do that so i mean it's just like the lord was just really opening my eyes and just really um 
moving me with compassion. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. And, and, and really having me fall in love with the people in the community and really understand their needs. And so somewhere along the line, they became part of who I am and I became mm -hmm. who part of who they are. And this ministry morphed into so much more. Yeah. Um, there was a closed down Catholic church, which was just, you know, a few feet away from us, a couple hundred feet. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we were able to purchase that building through this Miracle on Second Street campaign. People thought I was crazy. I asked a thousand people on my Facebook page to give $300. I said, listen, they want $850,000 for this ministry. No way I'm giving them that. So I'm like, listen, um, get an appraisal. They got appraisal, came back at 550. I said, okay, if the appraisal is 550, God took off 300 off that, he can take off another 300. So I offered them 250. They said, we'll never do it. I said, okay, we'll see. We moved into the church. We started this campaign. And eventually they said, okay, we'll do it, but it has to be a cash off. And my little campaign where I was crazy, people thought I was crazy. I li literally said you were crazy. Like I said, right. no. The first day we started this campaign, I put it on Facebook. I had a little uh, older lady show up with a check for $300. And I was waiting my turn to take a shower at the shelter because we had got a shower by the end. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't, you know, I wasn't more important in need of the homeless people because they had jobs and stuff too. So I was waiting my turn to take a shower. And this lady walks in and hands me a check for $300. And I'm like, oh, this is great. You saw my um, video and my post last night on Facebook. She said, no, I don't have a computer. God just walked up and told me to bring you $300. And it was like this what? specific amount of $300. So we raised $328,000 in a few months. We were able to buy all of these other properties, the new church building, expand the shelter. And then it's just morphed into that. Um, the free clinic, the clothes closet, all of the, the day well, Yeah, then we got the daycare and we won a contest to get that. And then COVID hit and our... Um, you know, our food, our, our, where we are is a food desert. And so um, and the buses shut down, the buses had shut down. So we needed people to be able to have access to groceries. And so that's when the grocery store came in. So it's just, you know, God keeps expanding and enlarging our territory. But I am dropping out of this. Yeah, I'm going to not quite have the life I want where I can be the housewife and read books and walk my dogs. Well, we read books, but, but, but I'm going to have a little bit of that, mm -hmm. a, a little bit of that. But I really feel like, um, uh, what we saw, I, I read in the paper today, there has been a sharp, increase of homelessness in the u.s they said it was front page of the paper today that homeless the the number of homeless people has just grown you know in numbers that the u.s hasn't seen in years wow. right so i have in this small rural community had to fight because it's oh you're bringing the homeless people in and it's mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not. It's, it's a real problem. Mm -hmm. People are well, in their houses. And you didn't say, but that's why the Catholic Church, that's why we had all the pushback. Right. Trying to get the miracle on 2nd Street. If it had been uh, anything else, right. there it's would not have been. Church. Right. If it would have been like another. Yeah. Coffee would, shop. Yeah. Right. Even that, I think. They right. would have probably right. taken, you know, <laughs> anything you offered quick had been done. Right. It was the resistance from the community, right. from the church, from the leaders that were. I mean, it was Wild. just all the city of it. leaders yeah. and all that stuff. Because what we were doing is we're, um, you know, we were saying we're meeting the needs of these marginalized people. Yep. So what we found, especially post COVID, is that the mental illness mm -hmm. and the substance abuse are so out of control, and so 
I have literally been in this battle with the community leaders, the city leaders, the state leaders mm -hmm. to figure out how in the world we can help these people. Yeah. To the point where I feel like I'm, I, I, if you study any of the prophets, you know all the prophets were just crazy. Mm -hmm. So you got, you know, one is cooking his food over dung, you know, <laughs> another one. I mean, well, I think the same one, he had to lay on one side for, you know, 300 and some days. I mean, it just all this crazy stuff with the prophets. Uh, somebody had to walk around naked in the streets yelling. Uh, a, a, another prophet, he had his underwear under a rock. I mean, just the prophets did some really, yeah, really oh, yeah. crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Hosea had to marry a prostitute to prove that Israel was unfaithful to God. And then he named his children, not my child, because he's like, I'm going to take my baby. You know what I mean? Oh I ain't his baby God. daddy. So, I mean, so the prophets all did just stuff that's just unbelievable. And that was me. I was literally like um, uh, um, John the Baptist in the wilderness screaming. Literally. We have a problem. Homeless people, yeah. we have a problem with mental yeah. illness. And you all were right there with me at these meetings. We'd have 60, 70 people at a meeting and nobody's listening and they don't care. Yeah. I loved it when Brandon was like, you know, as a privileged white man, I'm going <laughs> to just give my time to this other woman because you know what? Because you only get three minutes to talk in these meetings. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't. And, and, yeah. and, and, I, and that's where I got to the point where like Jonah, God has sent me here with a specific message. And that's what Jonah did. He gave this specific yeah. message to the Ninevites. That's right. But then he was mad because he's like, they're not really changing. Yeah. So we we're able to do all this fun and hip stuff. And we got people engaged in the community with this miracle and secretary. Yeah. But their hearts weren't really changing. Yeah. So I can see why Jonah got mad and wouldn't sat under his tree with an attitude, you know. But this is what the Lord said to me as I went to these last couple meetings, getting the police called on me, getting arrested, all this <laughs> stuff for trying to fight for people. Yeah. He told me what he told the disciples. You know, if they won't receive you or your message, shake the dust off your feet mm. and leave that time. Yeah. And that's really what I, I, I believe I heard the Lord say to me. And so with that, this ministry that I started, it's going to be alive and growing. I've given birth to this baby and this baby has legs and it's going to walk. Mm -hmm. But. I know that I have more advocating I need to do on a bigger level. Yeah. I know that this story needs to be told in other places. I know that, you know, this is not the only rural community where we're facing, you know, just racial disparity as far yeah. as mental health care and substance abuse, where we're just seeing people who are struggling and nobody's listening. Yeah. I, um, I was on the phone. I, I emailed. I mean, I'm a little bit of a mess. I don't, I haven't really dealt with any of the emotions. I'm an Enneagram seven if you're an Enneagram person. <laughs> so I don't deal with anything and that's negative ever. Um, but I haven't really dealt with any of the reality of like, of really knowing anything about homelessness or the people that have become, like Pastor said, they're a part of, I could never, ever 
be different. I could never ever unsee. I she could never like up all night with these people, and she it's would text me, "Oh, person," and I'm like, "Girl, last Christmas, I'm thinking about you." And remember, remember, it's man. He was so mentally ill, and I mean, his Wendy's like, cup froze. He, he's at Wendy's, like screaming, crying, and cussing everybody out. And we're all like, "Okay, we're not dealing with this." And Chelsea's like, "But I'm on the phone with him, Pastor. You gotta go help him." And I'm like, "But you can't. You can't unsee. You can't." But I just haven't dealt with the reality of thinking of what this would be like without your, without you. Because when I look around in this ministry, um, and we have the best people in the whole world at this organization, I've never, never been anywhere meeting the people that you'll meet at Oaks. Um, and Brandon, you probably would even, <laughs> even say that after yeah. spending time here, but, um, but there's a certain level of compassion and empathy that I have never been able to ever see another individual have. Um, and I feel like I have some of that, but I feel like no one can ever understand how I feel. No one can ever understand, but Heather has always understood. And it's, I've really not even wrestled with the thought of coming into this building or being a part of these people and not, not having her in that same space. And so when she was talking about dusting the, you know, <clears throat> dusting the, getting the dust off her feet, it was just like, it was very triggering for me of thinking about <laughs> those emotions. But I was going to say, we, you know, I email, I email governor Whitmer's office like every other day. Um, I just, every, every other day I send a little, and it, and it asks like when you email the governor, if you, if you don't do that, um, it asks, <laughs> are you emailing like, cause there's an issue or are you emailing like just to say something? And I switch it up. Like I always like, so lately I've been doing, there's an issue. Like there's something wrong. Chelsea's you know? vlogging like IT requests to be like, <laughs> hey, folks needs help. Listen, listen, but, but you don't understand. Like I had sent hundreds and hundreds yeah. of emails yeah. to yeah. advocacy groups. Yeah. All, you mm -hmm. know, I'm still waiting on the ACLU to oh, yeah. get back with me. Yeah. Like I have sent so many like with complaints. pages. When I tell pages, you, I have pages. so many documents. It, yeah. is, it, it is unbelievable. Yeah. And I can't get anybody to care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, well, the system's just broken. Yep. And I'm like, okay, but we need to do something about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not a person who can see a problem and not. Yeah, yeah. Like I gotta do something. Right. Yeah, and so it, it, it's very, very frustrating that it's um, it's, it's nothing we can do. But Chelsea, yeah. Even when I leave, you know, I'm not gonna leave you. I know, I know, but it's gonna be different. But I was gonna say they emailed me back finally. Remember a couple weeks ago, and yeah. the guy said I want to set up a meeting. Um, you know, da, da, da. so I met with this guy, and and he says to me, you know, there really is. He said, trust me. I can hear your heart because I was starting to cry on the phone a little bit, just trying to explain to him like how bad. And, and he said, I can hear your heart and there really is no homeless anything in Lansing. Like no. there is no, you're right. We don't have anything. And it's the one project we haven't really tackled yet because it's so huge. And then he said something to me, he said, you know, we even tried trailers there. I guess there's a really big park in Lansing, like a really famous or I don't know their main yeah like riverside park yeah in Lansing. and he said they tried um they put like homeless um not homeless but like heated trailers all around the park a couple of years ago uh in an effort to reduce almost like mini warming shelters kind of and he said they had to remove them because the complaints were so bad from the people in the town about their kids being exposed to homeless people right. and oh, it was them walking and then recently, yeah. they wanted to have like a Christmas market where all these people can buy these little like trinkets and get their hot cocoa. And they made stalls in this park. And part of like 
luckily there are enough people in Lansing that said like, Hey, a lot of homeless people use that park. So you making it a thing pushes them out for, for the, for the season that they might've been in there. Um, so luckily there was this little uproar, but there's still a Christmas market, like, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. But it was so just like that reminder really of like, they're the invisibles. Yeah. You know what I mean? They yeah. are really, really yeah. the invisibles. And so God has put them on my yeah. heart. He's yeah. moved me with compassion. And I'm just yeah. like, I, I can't let it go. You know what I mean? I, I can't. So I, I got to go and be a pit bull in other places or bull in the china shop. As I <laughs> My grandma myself. used to always call me that. Yeah. Always well, I'll buy as I got older. I'm like, Yeah, sure. I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not forced that fancy. to be forced to be reckoned. You know, you're gonna come That's in, a great way and, to and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you are a tornado. Somebody said this to me, they said, You know, your problem with what they're like, uh, You're a shark yeah. and a fishbowl, dude. Yeah, so you're, you're doing too much, yeah. so yeah, but. But I'm excited, and you know, at the end of the day, I know that I'm leaving this with great people. Yeah. I know that it will continue, and that um, God is in charge. God's in charge. God's got this. This was just something He had me give birth. As we women, we give birth to something, and we we keep it moving. So, yeah. I know we're wrapping up. Pastor has. I I can just tell you from being in this environment. Um, <laughs> Brandon asked me I think three <laughs> times this morning when we were getting set up. He's like. When can I have two minutes? I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like it's well, and I knew but, that even booking on a Monday, I'm like, that's the biggest like oh, oh, the well, worst day at the shelter. Well, at the shelter, but you know, most pastors have Monday off. That, right, that's oh, good. I said at least she takes off. the morning yeah. off because yeah. she. I, 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 but, listen, it just takes me a long time. Do you see this? It's your together, okay? I mean, woo, woo, yeah, I have to, you know, really get myself together, but um. Well, we admire you so much, but I'll speak for myself. I admire you so much. I can't, I can't fathom the uh, the posture you have to have to um, to put yourself in the shoes of the least of these, and then like actually be about it. I've been to the shelter in mm-hmm. Oaks like uh, six times now, maybe eight times, but yeah, yeah. every time I'm just mind blown because. Um, a lot of churches might start one little ditty of a program to like solve something. <laughs> That's such a good But no shame it. because if you do, like if more, like to a point you've always told me is if more churches did one thing, this wouldn't be an issue. Many hands may like below if every church just got a niche because it's, it frustrates me because I have people calling, hey, can you pay my rent? And I'm like, okay, we have a homeless <laughs> shelter. I can't do the rent and the homeless shelter. Right. Yeah. So it's like if everybody did a little bit or somebody, oh, we have this hungry person. Another church will yep. tell me they have a hungry person. Drive past 15 restaurants and bring them to me. Literally. And it's like, yeah. listen, why don't you just get some gift cards and you can feed people? Yeah. Or some, you know, restaurants or something, grocery store cards. Remember the electric bill? Paying the yeah. electric bill last yeah. year the, when we were at the homeless network meeting? Yeah. Yeah. We, I don't know the stat. I don't, is that a story that you're no, 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 to? No, no, no. But I would love to know the number of churches in Michigan and the number of like homeless people they can like and like oh yeah. And tell me it's not one for one or two for one. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like what your church could do. Yeah, 100%. I remember the fight it took. We were at my one of the churches I served at that was very pretty wealthy and they were pretty big. Um, and they did a, we had a staff meeting once and my pastor kept asking, this was like a few weeks running. He's like, someone is leaving the, um, the van, the bus keeps getting unlocked and homeless people, we keep having a homeless person that keeps sleeping in there. 
And then, like, the next week, he's like, and someone left, like, there's chip bags and lunchbox in there and whatever. And, like, he kept saying, and I'm just sitting in the meeting, like, weird. Who would do that? <laughs> and he's like, so then, like, a couple weeks later, we had an organization <laughs> that was, like, a traveling homeless shelter that was like, can we use your building? And the fight it took, like, first they were so pissed that someone was sleeping in the church bus, you know, the old, not even warm, it was not even on. They didn't have a key, I couldn't get it. So, like, they were just sleeping in this cold bus, but then the fight to get them to host this shelter to come in, which was an amazing program, but it was such a fight, you know, and it's like, it's such a fight to get churches to give a shit. And so on, on that final closing, I guess it, it made me wonder like what, I know you, you don't really necessarily have a charge to churches because that's not really the audience in which, mm. well, I hope, I hope somehow <laughs> this finds yeah. itself on a pastor's desk. My God, can you do something for right. once? But that, that's between me. That's between me and like 90% of the pastors that I know. But um, but for the people who are just like us, people who are not in ministry anymore, people who are not going to church anymore, maybe they are going to church, just anybody that's not sitting in a leadership position, like, what can we do? Like, what? Well, um, this is it. We have no resources <laughs> there are times i'm literally like just like oh pastor we're gonna be able to get paid this because i'm an unpaid pastor i'm thinking yeah. that because christmas never i've never gotten paid to, yeah. to you know right so my husband whatever he does however he you know what i mean whether whatever job he has that that's how we live basically yeah. but um <clears throat> we are on a shoestring budget all the time but it's amazing to me how many different things because when you see the needs mm -hmm. Jesus like told his disciples when it's like they're all out there, five thousand people hungry. You feed them, you take yeah. care of them. So that's really what we do. Whether it's coming up with food for our pantry, whether it's coming up with stuff for our um, our clinic, yeah. our, our grocery store, you know, whatever. We just really trust God to make the needs. Mm -hmm. So I'll say this, um, and you just see the ministry just morph and grow. So we never planned on having anything to do with helping people get babies adopted. But but thank God, right? But then you have a the business person who is pregnant, like oh, I don't know what I want to do yeah. with this, you know. And so then we can, you know, help and get this baby adopted. Yeah. So you have so many churches that are so focused on oh, well, we're pro life and we're this and we're that. So there are times when Chelsea and I will look at each other and we'll go, hey, I wish some of those you know churches would come and help Literally. because. We have all these women every week who need diapers, who need formula. So this is what I'm saying. Look around and whatever the niche is, whatever the need is, mm -hmm. churches need to fill it. Yeah. If you know, churches that, you know, are very, very strong and pro-life, which we're all pro-life. Yeah. I'm pro-life from the womb to the tomb. Absolutely. Get some diapers together, man. Get some food together. Um, every single church, if everybody did their little part. Mm -hmm. It would be amazing. And like I said, we have never been a rich church. We've never had the resources, but God always provides. Yeah. Yeah. We can be feeding people running out of bread. And I promise you a bread truck. That's right. Back up with bread every time. Almost yeah. every I mean, time. It, it just happens. The need. I mean, God just shows up and shows out. And so if you will just do the work, I promise you to whatever churches, whatever, just individuals, because it's just about individuals. Making yeah. a difference. Mm -hmm. God will meet you there yeah. and yeah. he'll make the miracles happen. Yeah, so. that's right. Amen. Well, 
ways you you can give to Oaks, I'll say it. It's always been in our link in our bio, so you guys can click there. Um, you can also follow. Is it Oaks Village or Oaks of Righteousness on uh, social Oaks It's Righteousness is a church. Yes, yeah, slash, slash Oaks okay. Village. Yeah. But I on do Facebook, know, like, it's Oaks of Righteousness slash Oaks Village, so you yeah. can find it. On if you keep Oaks up with Village Chelsea there, yeah. she'll often be like uh, the voice behind the "Hey, our pantry's yes, love." Right. So right. that's yeah. a good way, and, and yeah. they. You people can even like buy off Amazon. Yep, we have Amazon yeah. Absolutely. Because like with our pantry and you know, Chelsea, you should have this up and ready. We have this Dude, cool I can't put it up any oh my phone's the camera. Oh yeah. That okay. was a good Sorry. Excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, other cool so apps. that came off the thing. Well, we got this cool app. This group came in to help us because mm-hmm. you know, they're like, Oh, people you feed. We're like, Oh, I think I'm about better pack people today. You yeah, know? we, so yeah. Like, well, <laughs> we were discussing. Let, let, let's help you to get more specific. And really, it really, it wasn't even the company. It was like this guy calling me and I was like, bro, we need it so bad. And then it was me making sure the rest of the team understood how important it was that we had these numbers and that came together. And and it's been, even for our grants, I can't even tell you, I think we would have gotten a lot of the grants either way, but I think it makes a humongous difference. Wow. So is that from where? This is the year. This is a double okay. for year. So so for this year, and we didn't start doing this until about the second week of January um, last year. So in this full, almost a, almost a year, we've served um, just shy of 20,000 people. 20,000 wow. people. Wow. That's nuts. Out of our food pantry, which which keep in mind gets, I don't think, they got, I think got one grant this year that, that um, State Farm or whatever. That, yeah. It was like what? Three, five hundred bucks? Yeah. <laughs> like, Farm Bureau. Oh, Farm Bureau. I'm sorry. And then we also have a lot of farms that donate meat and stuff. We do. Yes, we do. Yes. But uh, otherwise, like besides like some support from Myers, Myers, farms, amazing. Yeah. Yep. And like this tiny grant, like just families. Exactly. Show up. Exactly. Show up. Yeah. Like there's a teen girl that will uh, buy people. Ava. Olivia. Ava and Olivia. Brandon and Jackie send groceries. All kind of literally. Like yeah. I mean, our pantry, twenty thousand people this year yep. think about that yeah and so yeah so, that's so what no I'm homelessness in monroe <laughs> no hungry people but that's what i'm saying like we started off and this is how chelsea got to us we were just feeding people yep. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches bologna sandwiches because when we had to let them out in april the end of april we're like to make sure they have hungry. Yeah. we want to make sure they have something to eat and you just came here because you were making some sandwiches to drop mm-hmm. off some sandwiches Unfortunately, never left, man. But I'm just saying, for those who, especially like those people who are religious yeah. dropouts, who are yeah. like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. God has put a calling on your life. Right. You know, you know that God is stirring something up in you. You know, He stirred up those gifts. Find some way to give. Find amen. some way to serve. Find some amen. way to be the hands and the feet of Christ. Yeah, amen. So yeah. good. Thank you for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. We love you, dropouts. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Religious Dropouts Podcast. Take a moment to relax your shoulders, unclench your jaw, and take a deep inhale. As you exhale, focus on releasing any remaining tension in your physical body. We're so glad that you are here with us today for this conversation. We hope you are able to laugh, to unpack some of your past experiences and trauma, and that you're able to find some hope to look forward to the future. We'd love for you to connect with us on social media and at our new website, religiousdropouts.com. 
And as always, we would love for you to share this podcast with a friend or anyone you know who might need to understand how good it feels to be a dropout. You are so loved. Have a great week.